0: Welcome to PodShip Earth. This is your host, Jared Blumenfeld. When a storm takes out the power lines, or an earthquake ruptures the water pipes, or a mudslide blocks the road leaving your town, or a wildfire is moving towards your house, what the hell do you do? To find out the answers, I went in search of a prepper preppers are those who believe a catastrophic disaster or emergency is likely to occur in the future and they're making active preparations to be able to live through it. I meet up with Alexander Black, an urban prepper living in the heart of Los Angeles. I start by asking Alexander what it means to be a prepper.
1: Get a pause out, is there no looking sight? Well, the word prepper brings up for people a very fringe type of, of vision of a person who's a, a bit of a, a crackpot, perhaps. In my case, I'm a, also a gearhead, a high-tech kind of guy who loves to see what I can use that will put me in a survival-type ability when we get a big earthquake, when we get some sort of a disaster, an emergency Particularly just the power goes out and I can take care of myself, my home, my family, my friends, perhaps my neighbors. I've got things. So, pow-
0: so power is a big one. Power
1: is the first one. Power okay. is right off the bat because right. the minute the power goes out, everything changes. And the question is, is that a further out power outage? In other words, did the cell towers go out? First everything th- is powered. First thing is people expect it to come back on and they start to just wait and they just figure it's just going to be a matter of time. and It's an inconvenience. And all of a sudden – they're going to start to maybe get a, a, some information that says it's not coming on probably 24 hours. My first thought is do not open the fridge. You've got stuff in there that's refrigerated. It's going to go bad. Don't use the phone. Don't do anything. As a matter of fact, your own calorie use. This is where I instantly go as a prepper. So this is what the word prepper for me means. Yeah. It's resources. The minute the – and by the way, I'm going to use this word SHTF and preppers Please have, don't. SHTF? Yeah, preppers have certain words. We have words like bug out, go bag, SHTF. Okay, what's SHTF? It means shit hits the fan. Okay. So when the shit hits the fan, yeah. and this is where you get these really urban, this rural countryside preppers in America and other places who are preparing for what they may think of as the end of the world or everything else, anything else. And they've got stuff that's going to get them through it. But they're also thinking about... Social issues, and they're gonna have a gun, and they're gonna have right. self defense in mind, and they're gonna think people are gonna come looting their home and take their children or their animals. And yeah, blah blah blah. Is that not that's not you? Uh, well, I actually grew up on a farm, and yeah. I actually grew up taking uh, out some small wildlife, particularly a couple of pieces of roadkill that my mother came up with. And I actually got taught at age 10 the skin of squirrels. Okay, but let's stick on power. Literally,
0: my kids think it's the end of the world when the Wi Fi goes out, exactly. So now I mean, that's two things. I mean, we've that's become we've become a lot less resilient because yes. we've become reliant on these things that we think are essential. Yes, like our iPhones are. In- you know, it's crazy,
1: and, and we take these things incredibly for granted. And not only that, but they are databases that we have not printed out. So when they go, we have no information, which is why a, 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 a we have a roadmap. Tell us about the guide in your car. What right. is that? So the, the Thomas Guide. When I first came to L.A. in the eighties. Was essential. As a matter of fact, it's It's still essential. It's a map. You will be able to use what's in the phone, even when the cell towers go out. And this is a misconception. As long as the battery lasts. As long as the battery lasts. And by the way, you can make that an indefinite. I am a solar, I will say specialist. I've sold solar. I've bought solar. Everything from... The tiniest things, my watch right now on my wrist is solar. Me too. Everything I have in in many ways is based on solar. So I brought you several things that are solar. I brought you a solar lantern, and I brought you a solar communication central device which really has a bunch of functions it's a flashlight and it it is a radio it is communication with the very outside world here we go we're winding it and you can hand crank it hand cranking is essential for many gadgets that i would love to talk people into solar is a an essential for many gadgets i would love to talk people into Okay, so it, it works, right? That's the weather channel. You've got FM, AM. You've got faraway international channels. Several things. So this just basically gives you weather, like... Well, it gives you more. Yeah. You can have your favorite band on there, probably. Okay. Your favorite FM and AM is in there, too. Okay. I continued to have phone service in my house. Not on my cell, but my landline. I maintain an an AT and T copper landline that goes to a phone in my house that doesn't require AC battery. So when the power completely goes out, I can still call anywhere in the world. It doesn't need power from the power company. So if anybody, but most
0: of us, like I got rid of my landline yeah, ten years ago, yeah, I would kept it
1: and I would get it back.
0: You would. It's absolutely imperative. Really? It is absolutely imperative. But it who is- are you going to call? Well, that's (laughs) you're going to call your (laughs) sister,
1: your brother, your parents. But they're not going to have a. They're not. I mean, everyone you know would need to have one. So they're going to hear about this earthquake. By the way, it's a two-way street. People are going to hear about a major disaster. They're going to wonder about you. True. They're going to want to know that you're okay. Yes. And you're going to want to also be able to reach people outside for many different reasons. Yeah. A landline. I'm just going to say this, folks. If you can afford it, I've got it down to about forty dollars a month. It's, and it's worth it, you think? It's worth it. Okay, anyway. So
0: the power's gone out. Power's gone you out. You don't know how long it's going to
1: last. You don't know. Let's just right. assume now it's not But you don't open gonna gonna your fridge.
0: Back. What's the next thing you do? Don't
1: open your fridge. So the important thing is anything that has power in it is going to eventually run out. How do you put power back in? So the bottom line is stop. Assess. Breathe. Take a moment. Light is the first thing you're going to think about. Because when it gets dark and the power's out, you're going to go, oh, yeah, I don't have any light. Why would you need light? It's just dark. Well, Isn't that okay? funny you should say that. You can actually keep down use of your resources is to relax in the darkness. This is what we used to do years ago yeah. as humans. So when it gets dark, don't do a lot. You're going to want to take it very slow and easy. I mean, unless you've done a lot of this... Product testing and gadgets and stuff ahead of time. There's things you can buy now that can actually power your cell phone from a little fire. It's got it's got a thing that powers the USB from burning things. First and foremost, after any disaster, turning off your main gas line yeah. is critical. Most Californian homes have an automatic shutoff valve. It's a little ping pong ball. It drops and covers over the line if the ground shakes. Hmm. I don't think mine does. I have a tool that I try to give everybody I can. I wanted to bring it to you, but the airlines weren't going to let me carry it. It's a very simple $5 tool that lets you – it's a wrench.
0: Right. And it turns off the gas. I've got that. So you want to turn it off. First of all, you need to figure out where it is.
1: Yes. So get to know basic stuff in your home. Where's the gas line Which are kind
0: of useful things to know. Right. So the next thing I would think about would be food and water. So
1: food and water are critical. The minute something happens – and this is where you want to try to think ahead of time – Water is most of all the biggest of them all. So, there are the basic prepping, which is the minute we've had a disaster, put that cork in the bottom of that tub, fill up your tub. So you want to get water, as much water, and you want to identify well, okay, all the so places here's you've a question got water for you. So, okay. so think of this: a gallon a day. We want a gallon a day per of water, person. Per person. Okay. That is barely cooking. That's barely hygiene. That's really what we want to consider for our own hydration. We want to include pets in this. Pets are our beloved, and we want to keep them alive. Yeah, Water is king. So water, water, water. A lot of people went into these tankless water heaters, so they don't have a tank of water. Yeah, interesting. You know? So you want to fill up a tub, fill up a sink, gather water, Everywhere you can, as soon as you can. Okay, so I'm, you fill up the tub,
0: and the then tub, the, the tub, idea the is that your water tank would get filled back up. Is that the goal? Well,
1: here's what's going to happen. So we have a major – let's just stick with earthquake in terms of this prepping thing. We've had a major earthquake. The water's still going to come. When the power goes off, realize this. Water still has pressure. But what's happened is the ground shifted, and so water mains have been moved around, and there's going to be contamination. That's the, the thing people won't know about. Water will continue to come, but it could easily be contaminated. I happen to have a 10,000-gallon pool. <laughs> so
0: did you plan that? Like when you looked at the house, were you like – I literally did. I oh, literally. Like, so when you ago, think of the pool, do you think it was recreation or just water storage uh, no. after For the shit storage. hits the fan? Oh, it's it's okay.
1: absolutely, and I went with a very fo- slow – pump that runs very low energy, so it continuously circulates it. I actually have, though, what's called a Berkey. It is a gravity-fed water filtration system. It simply sits on your counter. It looks like one of those big silver coffee decanters that you'd see at a church gathering or something, and you basically put water in the top. In between the top and the bottom units, there is a filtration, a charcoal and another type, and it will absolutely just get almost good as reverse osmosis water into the bottom of it. And that water could be green algae water from a pool that has not been circulated. I will admit right now I have tested it with my own liquids out of my own body through into the top after drinking a lot of water and out at the bottom. So you pissed in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I, I actually said, hey, this works.
0: When I went hiking, I had this – it's basically a little reverse osmosis. You pressure oh. it through a bag. Yep. Um, you can turn the foulest water and drink it. You know, most people aren't going to invest in this, Alexander. They're, you know, they're going to listen to you. They're going to say, yeah, this stuff's never going to happen. So, yeah, I know I need water and power and yeah, he's crazy. He got solar and a swimming pool. But, like, how do you get of of the mentality that this is important enough to invest time and energy and, like, tell us about that.
1: Okay, so the simplest thing I would tell anybody in that mind frame is, Let's not spend any money right now. Let's not even do anything other than look at what we already have. Okay. Disaster hits. You are actually going to have a number of things in your home. There are four products that I want to talk about that you're going to already have. Baking soda. Yeah. Vinegar. Yeah. Bleach. Yeah. And cornstarch. These are products that will clean you, clean your home, and clean water, and keep you going.
0: All these things that we talked about so far, Alexander, are if you're able to stay in your house. But there are a whole set of floods, mudslides, fires, earthquake. Like, how do you make the decision i got to get the hell out of here. This is not a place I can stay. How do you make that assessment?
1: Right. So we, we, we call that bug out, by the way. If you finish this podcast and you move on to the internet and you put in the word bug out or bug out bag, it will tell you the essential things that you'll want to have when you're going to have to make that decision.
0: A lot of people I spoke to in the Santa Rosa fire last year. Yep. The police services, emergency services are stretched so thin. Yeah. You, you're going to have to make those decisions okay. yourself. So, so,
1: to answer that question, I give a laminate. There's a laminated card in my son's backpack that he takes every day to school, and I carry around as well. Shows the walking distance to a firehouse, the walking distance to a police station. So, the answer to that question is: go to where people are who you trust. You're going to want to have a plan, and this is really simple. There is no nine one one. of of what happens after a disaster is neighbors helping and people are their own first responders.
0: Most people don't know their neighbors. This is the first step. So disaster preparedness involves knowing your neighbors. That sounds Uh, cool.
1: It starts with that. It absolutely starts with that. Your neighbors are absolutely resources and you're a resource for them. They have skill sets. They have a ladder. They may have a water pump. They may have uh, first aid that you needed. They may be a nurse. You may be a plumber that's going to help them. You guys need to share those knowledgeable resources. Los Angeles has what's called a Ready Your Neighborhood LA program. I'm actually hosting that. I am my block captain. What is that? That means sitting with your neighbor. It's a step above neighborhood watch. You're going to build a small, great, wonderful network of people who are ready for an emergency. And most of all, able to to get out of their home, say, my home is okay right now. Put a little sign on your home says, I'm okay. You take your fire extinguishers. You put them on the curb in front of your house. That's something you'll do because fire extinguishers so – it's
0: good to have a fire extinguisher. Fire
1: extinguishers are primary, and the reason primary is when we have any type of disaster, fire suppression is something. Very simple fire suppression, knowing how not to exhaust your fire extinguisher but how to use it correctly, knowing it works at all. What I don't want people to think about is just buying a backpack at Home Depot or somewhere that says earthquake prep- preparedness. It's got very little in it that's going to work. It's got little packets of water that'll last a few minutes. It's got a plastic whistle from Taiwan, and it's got a, an unedible block of something that you don't – in What's called MREs. So forget that. Build your own knapsack of goodies to have by the bed. What is in that backpack? Most of all, believe it or not, socks for your hands and feet, broken glass in there should be a little respirator what's called an N95 respirator people were killed last year actually when we had a huge windstorm and electricity gets in the water that's right outside your house you step in that water you're dead so electricity will come down things will be electrified so
0: some of it is just common sense common sense most well, what of what happened to our con- look around. I mean literally what happened to our common sense well has, has it been kind of bred out of us so we, we seem a lot less huge sensible. apathy
1: so the hardest thing is for people to even believe it's going to happen. But even
0: right here in this state of California, Alexander, we've had mudslides, fires, floods yeah. in the space of a year. But yeah. when you talk to people, are you prepared for the next earthquake, for the next whatever? No one really thinks it's going to happen to them. Right.
1: Right. The, the, that's the difficulty. The problem is a lot of people are very isolated, so they don't even – it doesn't come out of their brains. They're not thinking about it, and then they hear about it, and they just go on with their lives. So,
0: so the, when you have your neighborhood meeting, like how do you get people to attend?
1: What I try to do is make people realize this is a very serious medical health issue, and most of all, 911 isn't going to be there for you. How do I make people realize the ambulance is not coming? The police are not coming? What does that really mean? Uh you know so it means
0: you're on your own it means or you're on with you, your neighbors
1: or with your neighbors yeah. and hopefully some guy on the block like me is a urban prepper who has gathered his things, gathered his knowledge, knows about this stuff. in my case, I also test products big and small right now. I'm testing these Tesla power walls. My home is completely off the grid today that's awesome, which means I can actually turn off the power need from the grid and just use what's in the batteries and the bottom line is when we have a major earthquake or power outage my home will literally continue to work my refrigerator which is the primary use of power that i want will continue to work so there's some very cool immediate term
0: benefits that you receive for planning for the future
1: absolutely and once again this isn't just about disaster this is about being able to learn how to be much better off with the food that you have, the food that you're going to save. I grow a lot of food in my garden, very little water needed. Believe it or not, potatoes grow more potatoes. How many days of food? I have foods that'll last 20 years. Yeah, no,
0: but how long would you be able to last on them?
1: Um, I could easily ration myself out and my son, and probably I'm going to get some neighbors, and I'm going to just take basically become a soup kitchen. this is the big one I want everybody to hear. Camp out in your home this week, next week. Have fun with your kids. Turn your home into a campsite. Camping at home, in the living room, in the backyard, is where this really kind of starts. The ability to sleep outside your home, if structurally it didn't make it through the earthquake or it's not looking good. Aftershocks, they're going to come. So the minute that earthquake has stopped, the initial one, you are going to want to get out of your house. And aftershocks could continue. So you're going to want to probably spend the first night or other nights outside. So we're going to talk about camping. Basically, what you need to do is grab things that you own, And yes, go to that local REI store. Go to that local Big Five. Get those wonderful dehydrated camp meals. They do really last a long time. They the water's out. You're just putting water back in. It may be my favorite
0: one is is the chana masala, and the
1: camp mandu curry. And these will get you through. You've done the big trail. Yeah, they're 800 calories. This is this is protein. This is carbs, and this is they taste good too. Yeah, and the other and it's fun. Yes, the energy bars, all of these things that have nuts, that have raisins, all of these will actually last you a long time.
0: And how many days worth would you recommend?
1: I personally work by the month. I don't work by the week or day a week because I consider a month. The first month is absolutely critical. Do not think life is going to come back as you know it for at least a month. If you're thinking that far out, you're in really good shape. You've got to be ready for the shelter issue. Shelter, 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 and being able to insulate your body from the elements. So this is a critical thing to think about because you don't have to get anything. You own sweaters, layers, not thick jackets, but layers. You own sheets, blankets, pillows, but you do want waterproofness and you want shelter outside the house. That means a tent or you can build a tarp. I want everybody to learn to camp because you're going to camp at home after
0: a disaster so Alexander, before we started recording, you were showing me earthquake apps that
1: you have on your phone. Are any of them any good? I have three different earthquake apps on my phone. Los Angeles came out with this Shake Alert LA, which is a great one that tells us and actually gives us a minute, maybe, to know an earthquake is coming. And so that's because of sensors. Okay, so that's
0: amazing. That came out last week. That May, came out. Mayor, Mayor Garcetti, Garcetti. in Los Angeles cool.
1: announced the most amazing app based on millions of dollars that have been spent putting little sensors in the earth all over Los Angeles, outside and outside yeah, and further out further out. Yeah. So now as the waves come through the ground, we will get an alert saying you've got 10 seconds, you've got five seconds, you've got three seconds. Boom. So what do we do? So I mean, duck, that's, that's the thing, right? You get this... Information is only as good as your response to it. In Los Angeles, we consider buildings to be very resilient. And so we have what's called duck cover hold. What does that mean? It means get under something because your head is the most primary part of your body you want to save. You don't want to get hit in the head. You want to be covered by something. You want to hold on to it because it's going to walk. It's probably going to move because this is going to be a very violent, shaking and generally what you're underneath may start to move. So, so it's probably going it. to be
0: a table, right? So right. you hold onto a table leg, yes. you're under the table, then <laughs> what do you do?
1: You're going to stay there until it stops, okay. and I mean
0: stay. And how do you know when it's stopped?
1: So generally the first wave is going to be under a minute, and you're going to have pause, so they will keep coming. Don't think you can outrun an earthquake, just like you can't outrun a bear, you can't outrun a mountain lion. Once it stops, you're going to assess yourself, You're going to remember where you are, and you're going to think about who you're with, and people are going to wonder about you. It's going to be extremely quiet. There's going to be a lot of car alarms everywhere, but you're going to want to think about where your resources right off the bat, because we've just had an earthquake. Most of all, no power. Water will not continue to come for days.
0: Do you need a gun? Do you need a knife? Like all these prepper people seem to have a lot of...
1: No, lot of, no, okay. no, no. I wouldn't do the, the knife gun thing. What, what I would do most of all is realize that you can, you're going to work with people. Stay very positive because you're also your emotional life is going to be extremely important. So yeah. um, that is where you want to go back to neighbors. If you, know, if you can get to know your neighbors now, if you can get ready for civil unrest... It's basically safety in numbers. If everybody's going in there to get because it's survival time, that's going to happen. Cash is not going to work except in small bills for bartering. So by the way, I do want you to keep cash around, but keep it in just singles, fives at, at the most. And a lot of it because you are going to be bartering with your neighbors, bartering with those looters and saying, look, instead of killing me, can we talk?
0: There's going to be a strong emotional response seeing – most of us haven't seen dead people in the streets, haven't seen severely injured people. I mean I think the people that I talked to that went through fires are like – it's scarring. It is
1: a very scarring experience. I do training and when we train, we are looking at pictures of dead people, people with very terrible injuries – very colorful slides. I'm glad this is a podcast.
0: Stuff. Thank you, Alexander.
1: <laughs> I could show you pictures. No, no, right you now. could,
0: but luckily, no one, including um, me, would be. And able we to have see to them. deal
1: with what's called size up an assessment. How do I do an assessment? Starts with breathing. It's a cuticle refill, which is the on your cuticle. You can actually hold that down, and if it fills up quickly within three second, two seconds, it means I've, I've got some blood circulation. I do want to bring one little thing. These are these little tidbits that I'm to So the people share. from
0: nail salons, like <laughs> if you've got a neighbor that works Absolutely. in a nail salon, they know about cuticles. Absolutely. cuticles. I, I've never heard of the cuticle test.
1: No, it's test. The, the cuticle test. Look it wow. up, folks. Okay. Cuticle test, breathing test, pulse.
0: Breathing is a good one.
1: And then here's the big one. If you do get to an injury and it's disgusting but it's pumping, you've got to put pressure on it. So the first thing you're going to do on a size up when you come across a bleeding situation is you've got to stop the bleeding. People will bleed to death. Anyway, I just want to throw that in my first aid conversation because pressure and getting bleeding to stop is a critical thing if you're going to save a life. So so I did this course
0: um, called Wilderness First Aid. Yeah. And I found it extraordinarily empowering. Like I don't want to. You really—the thing I realized the minute I got in this two-day course is that I'm not saving myself. This is about if I see someone who's injured on a trail in the wilderness and I have no skills. I mean, the same thing. Nine-one-one's not going to come. There's no plane coming to get That's them. Right. Like either you're going to help someone or they're right. not going to be helped at all. And just learning some basic skills helps with my kids, my family, my neighbors, my work. First aid is first.
1: That's something we actually do say. First aid is first because if you have made it through the earthquake and uninjured, you're going to then look at everybody around you and somebody's probably going to be injured. So you want some basics. What does that mean? Think about your first aid kit anywhere in your house and expand on it. Things like hydrogen peroxide, uh, things like uh, absolutely any burn creams, antibiotic creams, things that can stop bacteria after you've stopped the bleeding and you've sealed up a closed up a wound. There are tricks Yes, you can use, and by the way, Crazy Glue works to seal up a wound. I've used it. It's
0: it's effective. Absolutely. I'm serious. And also, butterfly, I always have butterfly bandages.
1: I left alone. My mind was blank.
0: So how did you get into this in the first place?
1: I grew up in a very f- funky family of adventurers. My grandfather, uh, a guy who uh, ed- was an adventurer in both the mountains of Colorado and the oceans off the coast of Maine, took me with him. He was not the friendliest guy in the world at all, left me in a lot of situations that put me in really in jeopardy. I, One point, was he, we were lost off the coast of Maine in a boat. I was out on the bowsprit. We hit rocks. He, pea soup fog. I went overboard boat disappeared into the fog and I had moments to live. I swam as fast as I could finally caught the tail end of the little tender, the little rowboat that pulled behind his yacht, his sailboat climbed in and got myself back on board. And he said, Oh, you should have been holding on. The guy just left me to die. I actually was lost in the snow covered forests of Colorado at times. And I had to get myself out. Um, And I built a shelter once, and I lived in a shelter overnight. But the big moment for me was I went on to Outward Bound. They taught me skills. We would put on an island for three days and and four days, three nights, and we had to fend for ourselves. The little bag of gorp disappeared in the first day. So I figured out what I could eat, and I had read about enough what I could eat. I've eaten the backside of of the bark of a couple of different trees. The Cambrian layer has nutrition in it. There's a lot of nutritional things that are all around us in the wilderness
0: that can get us through. So when you're walking through L.A., San Francisco, when you're going through an airport or – like are you thinking about this
1: all the time? I do. I go to the mall with my son and the two things I think about are the shattering glass because the earth is shaking. I go I, – I actually walk um, – kind of around big windows but then i walk to the sides because i look straight up and i think of the ceiling coming down i get very worried anytime i go into a parking garage parking garages to me are just coffins so i'm always thinking about it. i mean
0: that's terrifying isn't it to always be thinking Um,
1: about it cnn pick up the newspaper i know they they
0: would want us to continue thinking about it but last
1: year every month we had a school shooting Last year, okay. we had a major disaster every month. All of this is absolutely going to happen. Ham radio is Are critical. you a ham radio I'm guy. a ham radio operator. Okay. Ham radio is I a wonderful thing. never would have guessed thing. that, Alexander. People don't know what ham radio is. <laughs> what is it? It's a great thing. Smokey and the Bandit. Those are right. ham no, radios. No, that was CB radio.
0: Oh, sorry. So there's a big okay. difference. Okay. Big difference. Sorry.
1: Ham radio is the way in which we can communicate, me being somebody out of state, And nothing to do with the feds. Nothing to do with Wi-Fi. Nothing to do with cell towers. I can get a message out, and I do have this. My neighbors know to come to my house. Yeah, I'll be able to get on my little ham radio outfit, talk to somebody in another state, tell them to call a relative, and tell them that so and so is okay. By the way, I do have the little walkie talkies, and there's some extremely cheap ones that are really good.
0: So, so, but when there isn't an emergency, you're more resilient. When there and self sustaining
1: isn't an emergency. I've got a vegetable garden. When there isn't an emergency, I've got basic home cleaners that are not so toxic because I don't want to go talk. I want to see less toxicity after the earthquake. When there isn't an emergency, I can uh, have a cell phone that's going to be charged a lot because I have batteries around. So I have night lights all the time that'll turn into something else when the emergency happens.
0: I have all kinds of gizmos. So what about your son? He's 14. He goes to school, not close to the house probably. If the earthquake hits when he's at school, do you have a plan of how to reconnect? Well, the school
1: does earthquake drills. I've given him small dollar bills for some bartering. (laughs) I've given him a number of little snacks to keep him his body work. I've talked about water.
0: And does he think you're just completely nuts or he's into it?
1: Well, he's not into it as much. He thinks that I'm just going to outfit him and then I'll come and get him with my my folding bike, which I do keep hidden in my car because if the shit hits the fan, I tell him, stay in place. You want to have a written plan for how you're getting back together or where you're going to get together with people, both those neighbors we talked about. You're going to want to get together with your family, most of all. You're going to want to know that they knew to stay where they were or to walk to that local fire station or police station.
0: We spend a lot of time talking about earthquakes, but after Fukushima and all the tsunamis before it, I've been thinking a lot more about, like, what do we do when one of those tsunami hits?
1: Okay, the tsunami thing is is the scariest. I think actually one of the most scariest, because there is no recovery. You cannot shelter in place. You're basically being drowned. The tsunami is going to hit in Southern California and it's going to take out the tremendous amount of low lying ground that continues to go in from Venice, uh, Marina del Rey, throughout Long Beach, Hermosa Beach, Manhattan Beach. All of that's going to have I mean, exactly what you saw people. in Japan. Yeah. Millions. Yeah. Billion, millions. So it's going to just continue to come in. Uh, we think 10 or 15 miles maybe 10 miles at least. After I moved out of Venice, I turned around and said, why would I ever live there? Because of that exact reason, because I became a prepper and I thought about it. Um, there's nothing you can do except don't live there. I mean, this is about- Is that the, why you moved away? Yeah. Wow. I did. Okay. And it's the same thing about the Mississippi. It's about any place, the coast of Florida. Florida. 2019, we're going to have wildfires. We're going to have earthquakes. We're going to have hurricanes. And people are going to live where they shouldn't. And they're not going to learn- that they shouldn't live there. I don't know how to, to shake people up enough to get them to do the simplest things. What does it mean
0: that we continually want to ignore that the future will contain disasters that we need to prepare for? What does it mean about us?
1: Well, it, it just further... Unfortunately, it it, it it further separates us. So we become more of a society of individuals than as a group. We become more unfortunately, susceptible to selfishness. We become more a group of a society of people who don't have the ability to interact and share experiences, share resources, and most of all, get to know each other. If we have an earthquake tomorrow, the most important things are going to be first aid, water, food, and communication.
0: Thanks so much to Alexander Black for helping me realize that we all need to be prepping a lot more than we are. The likelihood of the shit hitting the fan is objectively going up with each passing day. And by understanding how to get through the first hour, then the first day, then the first week, we will be building our individual family and community resilience. A huge upside of disaster preparedness is that we get to meet our neighbors and work with them to build a community. At the same time, most of the things Alexander talked about, from solar power to getting rid of the toxics under your sink, also help us get through today. Talking of prepping, I want to thank Podship Earth for helping me prep for my new job at California's EPA. By meeting with so many of you in the last year, I have a much better sense of what's actually happening on the ground throughout the Golden State and beyond. As a result, my work for Governor Newsom will focus on how to help communities reach their goals. In our next episode of Podship Earth... I talk with Gene Rogers about how to replace corporate greenwashing with real standards by which to measure the sustainability of every company on the planet. Thank you so much for being part of the PodShip Earth journey from the entire PodShip Earth crew. Well, actually, this is producer Nancy Ferranti's last show with PodShip Earth. Since the very beginning, Nancy has been such a positive force. Nancy's vision, wit, and ability to thread together narratives will be greatly missed. Nancy, I wish you all the best and hope that you'll come guest host of Podsha show in the very near future. Thanks also to sound engineer Rob Spate and executive producer David Kahn, who are hopefully both staying put. And from me, Jerry Blumenfeld, have a great week and don't forget to prepare.